0: The Red Raider Outfitter rockin' pregame on 101.1, The Beard, starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie, Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson, The Beard sports director Sean Dillon, and host of the rockin' pregame, Jeff Scott.
2: All right, well, welcome to Friday. It's the final Friday of February, if that means anything to anybody. I don't know, anybody the crap about that or not but hey whatever hi pete how are you
3: i'm great i did not
2: realize that so we're getting in the march that means march madness that is exactly right um that is right jared how are you today
4: fantastic
2: fantastic dang man pete uh it's a good minute you sound like uh, you sound like your uh your 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 apparatus is uh messed up there yeah i don't know are your you your microphone yeah i don't know it sounds I, like I gotta, a personal
4: problem to me. yeah no, i, know. I know it's uh
2: you, you might need to you I might I need to see a doctor or something. <laughs> like preview no. preview you, you preview sound, or yeah, you sound like a little girl. No, I'm just Whoa. kidding. No, you I've sound. Been that before. You sound like uh, you just sound like it's not so the station
4: know. manager that, that wrote you up or whatever no, for well, <laughs> When I was in fourth grade, fourth grade, uh, I was, <laughs> you I was, remember? I was. Oh, you I, make I do. People list, don't you? I,
3: <laughs> I was at a private school hmm. and people wear. You had to wear a shirt and tie. Yellow shirt, brown tie, and we all were recording a song for Christmas. And this kid pulled my belt, so I kind of pushed him. And the nun went, you, little girl.
5: And I looked, Uh, and she she, she pointed
3: at me, and I went, I'm a boy. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents yanked me out of that school, so.
2: Wow, man, that was that was yeah, a that's a serious nun right there, man.
3: Quick trigger, right?
2: When he said you, you sound like a girl, brought back terrible memories. I'm Jeez. sorry, man. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't even open that wound had I known that, that you had such a terrible.
3: We, past. Now we have to
4: say it every show. What, what,
2: <laughs> what a first minute
3: of the Rock and show on what, the last Friday of February.
2: I was about to say today on a very special <laughs> rock and pregame. Oh my goodness. We dig deep into Pete's past. <laughs> yeah. Man, this is this is better than a very special <laughs> blossom. <laughs>
5: okay. All right.
2: Um all right, we're well, coming up today. Look at that. Man, we've had a an angry nun, we've had Pete <laughs> tells all and and a blossom reference all in the first couple of minutes. Nice. <laughs> all right. Uh Red Raiders uh, get a new quarterback, so we'll talk about that. Plus I just want to know for sure how to pronounce this guy's name. So we'll get to that coming up here and uh, he but he looks like he's a pretty good one. Also, scholarship offers going out like hotcakes these days. <laughs> How many games will the Red Raiders have to win to secure a spot in the NCAA's after the recent cold streak? Plus, the uh, Lady Raiders update on the way today. Big track, big big track, Big Twelve track and field, and uh, baseball. You know, we're wrong. This is big track, meet. Well, I mean, I <laughs> guess it is. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, um all right. And then our Rockin' Twenty Five College Basketball Poll. will unveil the new one and see if the. Uh, the Red Raiders are still good enough to be in the uh, top twenty-five on the Rockin' Twenty-five College Basketball Poll.
0: Rockin' Reality
2: Check. All right. So I start with the Rockin' Reality Check, and uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I've had man, I've had a busy week. Is it, it, yeah. is it just me, or has this been no, a very long yeah. week and just tons of stuff going on? And yeah, I've been slammed, but. Um, I think rock and reality check for me real quickly is just it started off the, uh, well, first of all, you know, basketball has just gone cold, and that's been kind of weird. And then baseball is all excited about that, and you go get swept. And to me, if you're going to be, you know, if you want to be regarded as one of the top teams in the country, you got to at least win one game there. I mean, I'm not saying the season's over because they went 0-3 there. It's just disappointing in that, you know, if you're going to be one of those guys, you got to – you got to come out and represent. You can't get swept. I just thought it was a terrible. Will you look, say the so. season's
3: over if they lose no. today to Houston no. Baptist? Well, no, I mean, it's no. baseball.
2: That's no. what, I mean, but there's always another day. No, it is. Yeah. It's baseball. Yeah. It's always another. And those day. were three top ten that. teams, right? Yeah. But you're also a top ten team. You're right, a top, you're right. You were a top three team. In well, a lot of errors, and, so. and I mean, it's just right. the, the first few games,
3: and of course, you know, COVID, and they haven't done that much. I mean, well, well, every team. But I know you're right. That's what I'm saying. Well, and they were in a lot of them. It wasn't like they lost twelve, one every game. No, listen, I'm not saying the season's over. No, I'm not battling you. I oh, feel I'm like saying, I am though. Yeah, I feel,
2: but don't make me come over there, Pete. Okay, you yeah. think that nun was bad? You just wait, man. <laughs> I'm um, a boy. Yeah, I don't make a habit of that. Thank you. But, <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Well. Um. Anyway, no, I'm just saying that you know, reality check. Right. I just thought you know, you just you would have thought that. You would have represented a little better there, and at least win one game. I guess is what I'm saying. So it's just disappointing. Yeah, you're right. It's just early. It doesn't mean the season's over or the outcome's already determined. It's just I would have liked to see them represent better.
4: That's all. So, um, Jared, what about you? My rock and reality check is that you know it's been a bad start to the year when football, Texas Tech football, is bringing the good news. <laughs> like you said, baseball team was swept. <laughs> Bad, terrible start. Basketball team. I mean, they haven't won in weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, because they've like been it, off yeah. and everything, you know, postponed, and then, uh, and then you know, the three-game losing streak. It's, it's a, honestly, it's another late-season swoon. That's something that we've talked about on inside the Red Raiders. You look at Chris Beard's first season here. Last season, also, they lost the last four games mm-hmm. uh, that they played in uh, the Big Twelve regular season, and then now three games. Now, th- like Pete said, they were close, but they still lost. Right. So you know. Yeah, in baseball and basketball, you
2: feel like you're you're beyond moral victory nah, type yeah, yeah. talk. Nah, you know? I don't want to hear yeah. that.
4: Yeah. Either they win or they or they don't, and they right. and they haven't been so. But football, with like you said, Tyler Shuck, this uh, former four star quarterback, so does Shuck. It's Shuck.
5: Brian's William with looks. Duck
4: and other words. Yeah. So okay, Tuck
2: yeah yeah you brought i'd stop right there man that's this, looks confused. This, oh. this, yeah, that one. this is this is All how right. radio careers are ended no, like right. this,
4: so don't just, yeah just cut
2: your losses now
4: what, oh, what are you talking about <laughs> you no know, uh, uh yeah i mean we're going to go into the next segment but I, it's, i'll just say this for me it changes everything about the outlook of this off offseason uh, it's been the the number one question on my mind and uh they they blew the, my expectations for who they could add to the roster mm-hmm. out of the water.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm mean, going to just talk about this a little bit further and get to know this guy a little bit more. Pete, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we've had so much going on. Did you give your rock and reality check? No, okay, but I, thank you. I'll just ahead, say, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> I, I shudder
3: when Tech plays an overtime game. That is now seven losses mm-hmm. in a row for Chris Beard and the Red Raiders. First one was the national championship game with Virginia, so... Dang. Since then, they've lost seven in a row. I think you know, nine and four, nine, four and nine in his career. But, man, for overtime. overtime's tough, right? Yeah. Just the, in overtime.
4: The last win, correct me if I'm wrong, was against Oklahoma State uh, in the regular season. I when, think that's right. What's his name? Lindy Waters hit like 10 threes oh, and yeah. Tech still won. I was, right. you know, yeah. I was at that game, too. I went. Like, I took my boy. Just it was like one game I try and take my boy to a Red Ritter basketball game while, you know, the rest of the staff covers the game. And I was like, This would be easy win. You know, Tech was yeah, like, that's the national that. runner up team, you know. And right, Oklahoma yeah. State was terrible that year. Lindy Waters, man, just was unconscious. Game of man. his life. Yeah, yeah, and tech still won though. That's yeah. the irony there. It was like, normally you lose that kind of game, but that's the the last time they won an overtime.
3: And when I researched, I remember I got to be at one of the overtime wins when a good Nevada team came into oh, the USA and, and they shouldn't have
4: won that game. Yeah, either. and that, that
3: was big. That was and yeah, I forgot all about, about that. Or, they had yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: did. What happened to those guys? Did they go
4: into the NBA or anything? Or are they? I'm sure they're making money playing ball somewhere. Yeah. I just don't know where.
3: I just remember too that week on the show you were saying no- Nevada or Nevada, and we had an argument about that. So uh, just it reminded me of that. How did that come out? You, oh, you know what? We're still friends. The fact
4: that Pete remembers this I do stuff remember scares that. me. It's kind I of never, like a our, little girlfriend or something. <laughs> well, I <laughs> mean, brings stuff up. Maybe remember it's when like you a Rain even, Man. I don't know, ago, but maybe? I
3: just remember that. And I was like, it bothered me how you said it. Pete, what time is Wapner on?
4: It's, Pete, you're a Yankee what, who, in Texas. Wapner? So Wapner, did you see
2: Rain Man? Oh,
4: yeah. Because three, what's the got Judge Marilyn? I don't remember. Our, I mean, I'll take your word for it. What? I'm sorry about the how <laughs> no, pronounced. pronounce it. You don't have to be sorry. I mean, what's the correct one? No, I'm, well, no, no, I'm, I'm so not constant. sure. Is it Nevada or I Nevada? Think is it Nevada? What's or What's the Texan way to say well, it? What's just like Colorado? I don't want to say it like who a live Yankee, in Colorado you
2: know? actually say Colorado. 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 I'm never yeah. doing that. So, uh, so what, what, so what is it, Nevada or Nevada?
3: Well, I think it's Nevada, Las Vegas, not Nevada, Nevada. Okay, that's fine. It's but I, I'm just saying, I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's go. But you with know, it. to each his own. Potato, potato. No, it obviously me. Tomato, you tomato. From years ago. Okay, there you go. Thank
4: Martin you.
1: Okay. you, go. Thank Martin, you. Okay. you go. Martin Twins play for the Charlotte Hornets. Oh,
4: Thank there you go. Thank really? you. Oh, so, good job. They, yeah. So they
2: are in the NBA. Okay. So it was nothing. <laughs> no, it was nothing angry personal. personal. Just okay. Yeah, it was it, angry Pete's Mike is as angry as you are now, man.
4: The Pete is in rare form. He's you know bringing up. Arguments about pronunciations for years ago. I just remember or, that.
3: That's all I'm saying.
4: That's none, all. You know what? You you have a lot of issues with nuns, didn't you? Dunk on <laughs> nuns before? Like <laughs> I remember that story. Yeah, it
2: was and, like the <laughs> I beat Pete challenge.
4: What well, that well, the you, the I she put was, it all together. The she, nun called you a little girl, no. so you get an opportunity. With some other nuns later in life. No, it was you dunked on them. No, you you, that was she, a four like, foot eleven woman who
3: who challenged me to basketball. I got out there and I was like, Are you kidding me? And I put my hand on her head and I did hook shots and I beat her twenty five <laughs> to one in front of her kids and the Call me a little girl. <laughs> well, that was ridiculous. Come he went on, shack man. on,
4: on poor, man. some poor nun. All right.
2: Well, this has been a revealing first <laughs> segment. I can't wait to, by the end of the show, we're all going to be in tears and it's going to be. Yeah, not me. Man.
4: All right. Remember, I'm doing fantastic. That's, That's true. true. That's it true. It is
2: fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic.
3: Hey, when The Suns came out this week, my whole attitude changed. The I Suns? Was, the, no, the sun, oh. dude. That, that week of like we were in we Alaska was
2: for the birds, man. Yeah, that was. I, I got hated that, that was it was too much winter. No, I right. hated it. All right, so inside the Red Raiders recruiting coming up next. Yes, we are going to talk about this new quarterback, the new transfer, and uh, yeah, his. So his his last name. Yeah, I thought it was pronounced maybe show, uh, but I was completely wrong. The last thing I would have guessed was Shuck. So anyway, so, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to know him a little bit, and if you. Haven't had time to dig in this week. If you've been really busy, then uh, yeah, we'll Be we'll hey, careful
4: in. how you pronounce things. Oh, because it'll <laughs> be brought up years later <laughs> that's by angry Pete. See, look, Pete's typing in He's notes. Typing on his phone. Right He's keeping now. notes
2: like said, Jared kept mocking me. <laughs> no. Dear diary. Terrible. They're making fun of me. No. Uh, okay, get we'll pay get pay to back this. later. We'll get to uh get to this next. In the next two segments, in fact, we got lots of recruiting stuff. There's lots of offers going out. Oh, yeah. So we'll get to that as well. Uh,
5: Inside the Raiders dot com recruiting. All
2: right, so we start off today with it's uh, this new quarterback, the transfer, and uh, his last name. He spells it. I, I thought was it S C H O no. U G H or something, or well, how's it spelled? It, but it's not. It certainly doesn't spell Shuck, and that was the last name. spelled
4: S H O U G H.
2: Yeah. Okay. So see, I thought uh, Show Shoff. I mean, sure. I uh, but that shuck, happen? Shuck. shuck. was the last one. I've never heard of a word spelled know. that way. You
1: should know. You're the
4: pronunciation guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Nevada. No, uh, <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> but anyway, but now so so it definitely is shuck. Yes. Okay, that that's cool because uh I I just all week I I kept like I would want to tell somebody I'd say, "Hey, said the new quarterback, tag got that uh, guy, his last name uh, uh he starts with an S." And I didn't I really wonder how, how many
4: com- like times I'm going to have this conversation with people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like that we are gonna have this conversation with people. I mean, now obviously he's new. It's yeah. good that we're trying to get the word out there. I appreciate it, Jeff. But I wonder, between now and like I don't know, even mid season next next fall, are we gonna have this conversation? Like, people are hey, I, you know, people go,
3: Pete, how do you pronounce that? Guy? But I get calls all the time messing up names. One one of the oh, worst. No. I remember the first time Josh Young.
4: Played. Oh, of course, I said Josh Jung. I still want to oh, call yeah. the whole family Jung. I can't hold right. it. Yes. I do. So
3: you know, people get on you, but I mean, it's it That's is what it is. But on that one, I mean, I would say show too.
2: Right. right. It just it, this the, the cut at the end was was really unexpected. So I'm just glad we got that cleared up. So I, I don't have to uh, seem stupid anymore. Well, at least about that. There's right. plenty well, of other stuff. Well, but people are going to yeah. ask
3: because I think we're going to be talking about this kid a
2: lot. So great what, segue. So, yeah. I think, you know, we've talked about this uh, for several weeks, that they were going to certainly be targeting a transfer quarterback, yeah. but it just they weren't just going to settle for anybody. They right. wanted to get the right guy, and, and I think everybody kind of would agree that the credentials this guy oh. has are, are about the best case scenario for Tech getting a transfer quarterback. Would I think you that's say?
4: a great way of putting it. Uh, he went into the portal, or at least the announcement that he was transferring on February 12th, so this is how quickly this has happened. And, you know, of course I heard there was mutual interest, but honestly, I mean Auburn, Penn State, I can go down the list, several power five schools from coast to coast were interested in Shuck. And I didn't I didn't think Tech had a chance, just to be quite honest. I was like oh, nah, I blew it That's up. Good. Oh, shucks. And yep. he was he was like a four star guy. He coming was a out top one hundred right? guy. Yeah. He was rated higher than Baron Morton, put it in wow, perspective. Okay. Uh, four star guy, elite eleven guy. And then um I mean, look, six, five, 220, twenty, all right. So, a grown Legitimate, man, like we yeah, talk, you know, yeah. a real power five quarterback, very strong arm. Bottom line is, he's easily the most talented guy that Texas Tech has had on the roster, or is going to have on the roster since Patrick Mahomes. And it'll wow. be him and those two freshmen, uh, you know, Donovan Smith and Baron Morton. Those, I mean, and there's a huge gap between everybody else who's taken snaps for Texas Tech since Mahomes and Chuck. Okay. And the two freshmen. Those guys are really talented as well. But uh, they don't have any experience. So, that was. The best way I could describe it is disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Thinking about okay, who's gonna who's gonna be running the show here? You have you have Sir Roger. Show will be running the. There show. you go. About <laughs> it? Yeah. Uh, you know you have Sir Roger Thompson. All those running backs coming back. You have a first team All Big Twelve receiver and Easy coming back. You know a lot of offensive linemen come back, coming back. Plus you added uh, T.J. Stormant, uh, second team All Big Twelve offensive linemen. A lot of guys on defense coming back. that you feel really good about? You feel like the defense can make another take another step next season, but. Who's going to be the quarterback? You know, right. I mean, like a you know a couple of freshmen who've never taken snaps in college ball. You know that
2: that was scary. He was very yeah. scary.
4: It seemed like another what five win season. I mean, right. let's be honest, four yeah. or five win season. You throw in a bona fide power five four-star quarterback, a guy who he led the Pac-12 in passer efficiency last year. He threw for over 1,500 yards. He ran for another uh, over 300 yards. Uh, The net was 275, two touchdowns. Very good straight-line speed. He can run. He is a guy opposing teams will have to honor in terms of his legs, not just his arm. Uh, So, I mean, he's got arm strength, accuracy, experience and speed. Right. You know, checks all the boxes, man.
2: Now, the now, if uh, some people though are going to sit here because there's always the people in yeah. the crowd who are going to go,
4: well, yeah, okay, that sounds
2: good, but if he's that great, why didn't he? Why is not he still playing at Oregon? I think so. that's a
4: great question. Uh, you know, and I have a quote. This is actually a story on Inside the Red Raiders. It's on. It's from the twenty four seven Sports Network. Uh, I participated in a couple of quotes on in terms of like from Tech side, but this article also got Oregon side on why Shuck was leaving and why, you know, uh, that decision was made. So. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, all right. Uh, quote, there were times where shock looked, or Shuck looked exactly uh, like a perfect fit in Joe Moorhead's RPO attack, Duck uh, Territory Analyst Eric Scopley said. His footwork in space and overall elusiveness propelled him to two 80-yard rushing games to open the season. As a passer, Shuck was money when the read was easy. He could fit the ball into tight windows and muscle it down downfield, too. These were the areas where he really thrived in the first 3 games of the season. The issues began to arise when the read wasn't so easy. He threw in areas of the field where defenders had the numbers advantage and seemingly every game had one to three passes hit a defender in the chest. So that's their side of it, mm-hmm. all right? My side of it is he's a perfect fit. This totally changes the, the you know, the off season, the look it's b- between those two.
2: Yeah.
4: I went back and watched a couple of his games you know, what's weird is that uh, it was better than I was expecting in terms of, like, why is why is he getting benched? Why is he getting pulled late? And he was getting pulled for another guy who could run in the red zone. So where he would lead the team down to, like, inside the 10, and they pull another guy or pull him for another guy, he, even though, you know, as that article just pointed out, he had two yard running games. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get along. He, the offensive coordinator didn't recruit him. Oh it's All right. okay. it was so one that, of those things. That makes sense, yeah. So it was, everything was micromanaged every little mistake if he missed a big play that this offensive coordinator dialed up you could tell he got mad at him. There's some really good breakdowns also on on YouTube of perhaps why Shuck uh transferred but honestly I just feel like uh for one Oregon recruits very well mm-hmm. so they have some guys coming through the pipe and it wasn't this offensive coordinator's guy. Right. You no know? that, that so makes Shuck sense, yeah. So if you I mean, if you want to take a realistic look at it, it's fair to say that Shuck probably wasn't going to start. He might have, but he probably wasn't going to start next year, based on what I just said. Mm-hmm. But it's also true that he's easily the most talented guy quarterback Tech's had since Mahomes. It's not wow. close.
3: Okay. And I called out to Oregon and talked to their mm-hmm. sports guys and they said, you know, he lost a little confidence there because they would put him in and then put the other yeah. guy in. And then in the bowl game, on the same series, yes, they would do it first. Yes. In, I mean, and it's just.
4: You see, he drove him down the field, yeah. got inside the tent, and they, they took him out for this other guy, which this guy has a running. So, you know, bottom line is something wasn't right there in terms of Shuck and his offensive coordinator. Yeah. And I, mean, I, you I don't have, have to read between the lines. Those series.
3: Oregon guys called me, man, you just got a good guy. They were all pumped oh, yeah, up for Texas yeah. Tech. Really? Wow. He wasn't right. used properly.
4: No. So, look, I'm telling you. I try and call it like it is. I wasn't expecting Tech to get a guy of this caliber. It changes my it changes my whole outlook. And I, yeah. really, even the most skeptical Tech fans are like, "All right, I gotta admit, this is pretty exciting." You know. Right. Uh, what does it mean? I, I said before that I was like, "Ooh, maybe five win season." It means at least one or two games, possibly in my mind.
2: So it could be the difference between a four or five win season to a six, six, or, six seven. or seven. Yes, yes. maybe even okay. better. Yeah, yeah. which.
4: Come on, seven wins right now? We and would take that in a, a
2: heartbeat. A job-saving season for, for Matt Wells uh, well, as well, yeah. I mean, I, that's I the difference. Think, yeah. I think, mean,
4: yeah, blowing it up or continuing. And, and right. also, one thing to point out is Shuck is, uh, you yeah, know, they're on the trimester out there on the West Coast. It's all weird. Everything's uh, weird out there. I know. So he's set to graduate in March with two degrees, all right? But he still has three years of eligibility remaining. So this isn't a mortgage the future so kind of thing. Yeah, he could play next year in two more seasons,
2: Okay now okay, so that then that's cool from a transfer standpoint. So but what what does that mean? And I guess it wouldn't matter if he's lights out and great and he stays here for three years, but you know, down the road, you always get that thing, especially at the quarterback mm-hmm. position, where that it starts stacking up, guys come in and then yeah. suddenly they go, Oh wow, show's still the guy. I wanna play, so now these guys transfer. So I mean I guess. That's it's why just the you risk recruit a quarterback right? every
4: year. Yeah. Every year, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we're gonna talk about some recent offers, but as far as I'm concerned they have some athletes who play quarterback in high school, but I don't know if Tech has offered a quarterback this cycle. Yeah. So now they have two freshmen on the roster. They got this this Chuck dude who has three years of eligibility remaining. So hypothetically, with Morton, you could say uh, if Chuck comes in, if he does play three years, which is a big if nowadays, right? <laughs> well, with we're, we're size big, and
2: athleticism, he's right. a guy that maybe could be a, an NFL he lights it up. Guy, maybe he plays know? two years NFL instead size, of three. Yeah. You
4: know, uh, yeah. here at Tech. But even if he did play all of his eligibility out. That would still mean Morton could could play in four games as a freshman in redshirt his mm-hmm. first year and then still have three years of eligibility himself as a redshirt sophomore when Shuck leaves. So it's not wow, like,
2: okay, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not I, like he's burning up a lot of his eligibility right. in, the, in the meantime. What's yeah. this mean for Columbia? and?
4: Uh, well, that's what people have asked me. And look, I've, I haven't, have like I said, i try trying to call it like I see it. I, I think everyone sees Columbia as a backup. And that's right. just the bottom line. And I don't know if anybody even sees Maverick right now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when people bring up the conversation, I forget him sometimes, right. just being real. I, you know, I've asked Coach Wells about him before, and he just hadn't said anything other than he needs to be more consistent. So I don't know if Maverick's looking at transferring or if he's going to stick around or what, but he's only a freshman. He's a redshirt <laughs> freshman. He's been here forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I so, I mean, it's, it's crazy uh, how much eligibility. It's for eligibility-rich Right now, with all the uh, COVID stuff and the NCAA adjustments, which I agree with. I think it was probably the right thing to do, but it's definitely making things interesting in terms of figuring out the roster. Right. And, and including for Texas Tech, too, and how they offer prospects. Yeah.
2: So, like a guy like Columbia, you know, with the playing time he's had since he's been here, now this happens. Is he a guy? I mean, could you see him transferring, or is he just a guy that. He might, sees but I mean, you know, I could
4: see him being either second or third string. And look, yeah. I don't, you know. He's had you can't say he hadn't had opportunities. He's had opportunities here at mm-hmm. Texas Tech. So yeah, maybe he'll transfer somewhere else. But that's
2: yeah. yeah, speculation. It, maybe yeah, it, was, it is spe- yeah. only yeah. speculation because
4: right. he seems excited about yeah. being here. And yeah. He does. That could change in a heartbeat. But if he, uh, this sounds heartless, but this is just like this is big business, Power Five college football. If he leaves, then oh well, right. I mean, you just recruit another guy. You have these two freshmen coming up in your in your program. You have Shuck now. You know, well, it's like musical
2: chairs because every time one guy transfers to somewhere else, there's the guy that's at that Mm -hmm. place that goes, "Oh, hey man, that's not right. I'm going to transfer." Then he goes. So there's like going to be a perpetual number of guys that are constantly available to
4: transfer. You know, I said when Alan Bowman, speaking of somebody we didn't mention, when he like when all this was happening, when finally it was public that he was transferring how important that was so they can move on because I don't know how much harder it would have been to recruit Shuck with Bowman still on the roster. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you look at there, like, I don't want to, you know, no doubt if you're a quarterback, you think I'm better than that guy. But you don't want to have, you know, to mess with all that.
2: Well, if you're transferring, you can see you're almost more of a, I don't say maybe cherry picking, but of where the, but I mean you do have the ability to kind of find a fit for you where you feel like they have a need? No, for there's your no doubt that the, I mean, the
4: immediate playing time in a power yeah. five school. Where yeah. I think there's, you know, he actually did a Arizona. He's from Arizona. He's from the same school that uh, Rattler went to. Actually. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, there's a couple of guys from Arizona playing quarterback in the Big Twelve, and that was something that stood out to him to come out mm, here and be another okay. one of those Arizona guys, which yeah. that would have never occurred to me. Of course, right. just, yeah, like, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, huh? But. Uh, I, the 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 playing time opportunity was huge. Also, Sonny Comby. This is the first massive recruiting win for Sunny Comby mm-hmm. since his return to Texas Tech. Right. Um, you know he recruited him earlier when he when uh, Shuck was coming out of high school when Comby was at TCU, and you know relationships matter. And uh, both him and and Coach Matt Wells deserve a huge tip of the cap because this is a program. I don't say this often, but this is a program changing uh, potentially type. Addition yeah. in, uh, in recruiting and uh, the all important quarterback position. Just the fact that you have you're bringing in a guy that talented, with that much eligibility remaining, but still uh, has experience. Right.
2: Okay. No that that is that's exciting. And uh, like I said, I'm just for I'm excited about him as a player, but also to know how to say his name <laughs> was just just kind of a relief to me. It really was. Thank you. So it's shuck.
4: Just get re- get ready all for right. those headlines. If he has a bad game, the aw shucks.
2: Yeah. You know um, what I mean. Stuff like that. You can see it coming. Yeah. Or if he gets out there and he's terrible and then chants from the fan, it could be bad. Uh, Anyway, hopefully, though, we don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, I get nervous even saying anything like that because I don't want to slip up and say something here. Like you held your career. breath when I was saying. Oh all man, the... I'm telling you, that's that's career your territory there.
4: And I, <laughs> you know,
2: I got a, I got another kid to the put stay classy,
4: through. San Diego, stay classy, loving type yes, situation. <laughs> yes, it's, I've got another
2: kid to put through college before uh, before we have that happen. So anyway, all right. Well, coming up here, more from inside the Red Raiders recruiting. Uh Next, we're going to take a look at some of the offers because uh, there's there's lots of offers going out. So uh, Jarrett will break that down for us next here
0: inside the red com recruiting
2: all right so it's like lots of uh, lots of offers are going out right yes. now so just uh, man let's just they are, start this week it seems here.
4: like several receivers have been offered in the 2022 class and i've interviewed uh, most of them one guy who really caught my attention i interviewed last night he was offered by texas tech on wednesday and he's being recruited. In football, no doubt, he got offered a football scholarship. He's also being recruited by Wes Kitley in the track program because not only is this guy and his name is Isaiah Setenga, Set, Setegna. Speaking of pronunciation problems, Isaiah, let me try it again, <laughs> Isaiah Sategna. And uh, he's out of Fayetteville, but he grew up in Texas, grew up mostly in Austin, uh, and he's a national recruit. Uh, he's a four-star receiver, but he's also one of the top, like elite top five, I believe. I think he's ranked fifth nationally in terms of uh, high school track athletes. Oh, wow! And he does like every, basically every event for uh, Fayetteville High School. There, it's a 6A program in Arkansas. He's the he was the Gatorade athlete of the year in track uh, as a sophomore. After breaking multiple records and then winning state and other he broke multiple records in the winter. Then went out in the in the summer state meet and and won like six state state titles as a sophomore. Um, he also comes from a great lineage. His dad uh, is a assistant track coach at Arkansas. Was assistant track coach at Texas for a decade. Been at other places. His mom. Uh, he was an all American decathlete at LSU. His mom. Uh, was also an All-American sprinter at LSU in the 90s, and she participated as a sprinter for Jamaica. She represented Jamaica in the 92 Olympics. Wow, so he's
2: definitely got a track royalty. He's there, track yeah.
4: royalty, wow. and it's very important to him when he told me that he gets the opportunity to play both sports. And he holds over 25 offers from big-time programs. Uh, I'll give you some of them here.
2: But that gives Tech an advantage of having a great track program, too. Honestly, probably, that's it? the yeah.
4: end for them. Yeah. That and the fact that Tech puts, I mean... They've put a lot of receivers in it. So, right, yeah. really, like, this is the perfect storm for them to get a guy of this caliber, a four-star right. receiver like this. Because this guy, I mean, look, he has offers from Arkansas, of course, Auburn, Baylor, uh, Florida State, Michigan, Mississippi State, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Oregon, Penn State, Tennessee, USC, West Virginia, uh, and many more. But those yeah. are some of the state wow. out offers, the competition already. Uh, but, now he's already talked uh, with... Uh, coach Thomas, who is the uh, jumps coach, uh, James Thomas. He's an associate head coach. One of Wes Kitley's like right-hand uh, men. One of his main guys on on his staff, and uh, he's talked to him some, and he's actively recruiting. Uh, Sategna. Sategna? God, I can't see it. Sategna. <laughs> oh, these names are so complicated. Yeah. Sategna. Nevada. No, Satagna. But uh, yeah, he likes tech. <laughs> They're you know it's. They've been recruiting him for a while now, but I uh, just came through with the offer. He hasn't taken a virtual visit yet, but he hopes to set one up uh, next week. Um, you know, to give you an idea of how highly rated he is, he's considered the number 35 receiver in the country, top overall recruit in Arkansas, two, 246 overall recruit in the country for the 2022 class. Actually, and that's the composite, the average of all the recruiting services, but. Uh, Twenty-four-seven actually has him 185th overall. Uh, So he he likes Tech. Um, He hasn't been to Lubbock before, but he's familiar with Texas. He gets where Tech is in terms of both track and football. Uh, But uh, Coach Luke Wells, inside receivers and tight end coach, is uh, is the one who offered him. Has been leading his recruitment, and I think I I think Tech has an outside shot. I think Arkansas, obviously being there, Fayetteville has a you know, and his dad being an assistant track coach there. has a big leg up, but AM also they can offer a very good football and good track program.
2: So Tech has some hurdles. They have, have some hurdles, yes, but. uh thank you. it's only track. Re- I do reference. think, and that's one
4: you. of the one of his main events. <laughs> his that's hurdles, his, really, his hurdles. Wow. Yes, so and can really vault
2: them. He's a sprinter, a
4: hurdler, high jumper. So um, I I think if he did come out to Lubbock, he would definitely have a great opportunity to be a two sports star here.
2: But you know, like you said, your Tech. I mean, this really is. A, I mean, you got a great track program. You've got uh, and then, like, the indoor facility, too. I mean, yes. if you're in track, that, yes. that's, a, that's one of the best that facilities in the, the entire, entire nation. Yeah, weekend, right. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the best track uh, venues in the country.
4: No, I'm not just whistling Dixie here. They have a chance with this guy because yeah. of all those factors you are you're, you're mm-hmm. mentioned. And uh, Pete gave me a... <laughs> <laughs> what is that
2: whist-
3: whistling? <laughs> <laughs> that I'm loud. not surprised
4: that you don't understand.
3: you're Well, I hope it's they pass the baton to him that, and he that, comes. That comment
4: isn't for you, Pete. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right, who else? Robert Spears Jennings, another A -A guy from uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, is another guy who picked up an offer recently. Coach Filani, receivers coach, offered him. uh, He said that Filani likes uh, Spears Jennings' balance, his ability to make big-time catches and make contested catches. Uh, So he blessed him with the offer. And this is his first Big 12 offer. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about, man, Tech's waiting too long with some of these guys. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's too late. Well, look, he has an offer from Ole Miss. He has an offer from Boston College. Uh, he has an offer from Tulsa in-state. But that was it. So this is his first Big 12 offer. and grew mm-hmm. up in Big 12 country. He said he wants to play in the Big 12. So that was just really good timing for Texas Tech. Good. They're, they're right. ahead of the curve there. Uh, he's a two, 195-pound guy, but he's one of those guys. He reminds me of J.J. Sparkman. Who's a freshman? A lot of us didn't get to see because you know he had that shoulder surgery. But he looks he on the field. He looks a lot bigger and plays a lot bigger in terms of going up to catch the ball than what his measurables are. So, uh, you know, uh, where does Tech sit with him? They have an opportunity. You know, uh, I, with receiver uh, and linebacker, those are the two positions where Texas Tech really have the best opportunity to kind of recruit above their where their program is. Oh, you know, yeah. and uh, you know almost everybody knows who Michael Crabtree is. So who's that? <laughs> yeah.
2: Did was he did he do something big in tech football yeah, he history? He was all or right. Actually, thought, you know yeah, what? Twenty four seven
4: Sports just <laughs> did a ranking. They're doing like position group by position group. The top players in college football of of this century, uh, and Crabtree was number two. Wow!
2: Dang, was he really? Yeah. yeah exactly. So okay. Yeah, because I think wasn't Baker Mayfield number one on that list. And the quarterback, I hope. Oh, not. Wait, that the, well on the quarterback.
3: No, on the quarterback, that was the he best. Was, yeah, that yeah, was the
4: best of the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. And, and Graham Harrell yeah. was
3: up there somewhere, and then Mahomes was like eighty fourth.
4: Yeah. Okay. Which. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't blame the rink is there because right. just because Tech didn't win a losses, lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you know, Spears Jennings is a guy. Uh, he's. 137 receiver in the nation, 17 overall player in Oklahoma. So he's a highly rated guy, and he's going to pick up a lot more uh, offers. And he's looking for just uh, a place that is a, like a, a family away from fam uh, and that uh, somebody's going to p- push him to reach his full potential. Uh, he said academics. And sometimes, you're like, mm, I don't know if they're just saying this for the quote, but uh, he, he sounded genuine when he said it. But academics is important to him.
2: Right. I know how important, uh, important academics was to me when I was that
4: age <laughs> yeah it wasn't to me that's for sure jeez but some of these people though they it really you know they have thankfully they have their head on uh, straight compared to me back back then <laughs> yeah uh, here it is. this wasn't an offer this uh, week but um, I, I wrote this story this week uh, avion Jones out of South League Carroll, he's a cornerback not a receiver this time he was offered uh, in January actually. Um, but he just had his uh, virtual visit, which, man, it's so weird. Like Virtual visits become like a keyword in my world. Oh my you know, like God. I say virtual visit 100 times a day now, which is terrible. <laughs> but anyways, terrible. terrible. Got it in there. It you there. A
3: terrible <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> You're a good guy.
4: But, yeah, no. Uh, Avion Jones' older brother, Adarian, I actually talked about this last week, uh, played for Kingsbury and Coach Gibbs. and. He was a walk on and you know the secondary wasn't very good like actually historically bad back then and I know that uh there was some hope that Darian Jones was going to get some playing time and he never really did so the fact that <clears throat> that staff is gone is actually a good thing. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so they have like really the family has really really good memories of Texas Tech but bad memories of man they, you know of course you know right. they, he should have played more. Right. You know why not? Yeah, this guy didn't couldn't stop anybody. So why, you know, you know, should <laughs> right? Give him, That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so th- it's actually a perfect scenario in that regard in terms of having family ties. He actually told me, he said the offer from Texas Tech was special, especially because of the family aspect of it all. He said, you know, he said his brother, who's twenty five now, uh, you know, played for Texas Tech back then. Uh, coach Preston Pearson, which is a director of recruiting at Texas Tech, kind of behind the scenes guy, was kind of. Recruiting him for a long time, and then Coach Derek Jones, the secondary coach, actually offered him. They had a really long, like an hour or two long conversation, phone conversation before he offered. And the Darian, uh, or excuse me, uh, Avion Jones really likes Coach Derek Jones, so that's that's the hope there.
2: All right, and uh, there's always so much stuff to get to. We got to get some Red Raider basketball coming up here in a minute, but real quick before we uh, move on here, just you mentioned is there a couple of offers maybe, or or some guys that basketball is also targeting. Just a yeah. quick update on yeah, that. Yeah, uh,
4: a couple of big, this is like a whole nother level when we talk about basketball. Five-star center, Enoch, boy, I'm going to butcher this, but you get right and write it down in your little uh, notebook like Enoch. here. Uh, Enoch Bokie, 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 I can't say, Bokie something, uh, discusses, uh, he, he decommitted uh, from Michigan State and op- reopened his recruitment. Uh, and s- several Big 12 schools are in it, including Texas Tech. Texas Tech has been recruiting him very hard. We always talk about, hey, can they get a big guy? Right. And, you know, And this is a legit... You know, 6'10", 6'11", guy who everybody wants. 6'10", 240 pounds. He's actually uh, from Ontario originally. Uh, but the the schools that are really recruiting him right, uh, hard right now are Arizona, Oklahoma State, A&M, Tech, UCLA, and Wake Forest. So right. those are who to watch out for. And then another big guy, a four, four-star guy, 6'8", his name is Grady Dick. Uh, he has offers from coast to coast. He's from Kansas. Texas Tech has recruited him hard. He's going to announce very soon. I think he could stays at Kansas. So,
2: okay, sorry, there was a joke in there, and I'm just going to let that go. Hey, um, don't
4: don't ruin your career. Yeah, we already I talked know, about that's that. Stay classy, Logan. Okay. I saw you like you were twitching <laughs> no, over there. I just, I, on the I, I, know, I was
2: like, man, there's, there's, a, there's a good one there somewhere. But all right. Uh, well, anyway, good uh, recruiting update, both football and basketball there. Texas Tech basketball. All right. So for the Red Raiders, man, it is. Uh, it's been a rough stretch. Three losses in a row. And then uh, the Big 12 uh, figured out the schedule and uh, what games are going to be made up. And Tech, I guess they got four more games, all right. And then uh, did did they determine that Baylor doesn't have to play any more games this year so they can retain their number one <laughs> ranking? Tech gets or did to play they play Baylor? So okay, so good. so Baylor does have to play a game. Yeah. Okay, I I thought that they had uh, they were going to uh, stop playing until the NCAA tournament for some reason.
4: Okay, my bad. Baylor's uh, already hung a banner. They've gone full Aggie. <laughs> No, oh, have they? Oh, just nice. making up yeah. championships, you know, yeah. hanging yeah. bangers yeah. or COVID hanging champs. Banners. banners yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> Great. Stay classy. Yeah, it. hey. Uh all right. But uh no, but so there there is the they did come out with a schedule. uh, Well, obviously tomorrow
3: UT uh, is in town 11 a.m. Saturday Then uh, TCU comes to town Of course, Tech was supposed to play them twice They're going to play them once Mm -hmm. At Tech, 6 p.m. March 2nd Then Iowa State comes into Tech March 4th, two days later For a 6 o'clock game And then the final regular season game Really a chance to get ready for the tournament Is you go to Baylor March 7th For a 3 p.m. game So those are the final four games uh, as the team then jumps and hopefully gets a chance to get to the final four.
2: Well, with the, with the game, I mean, you know, you got Iowa State and, and TCU in there, and I'm just saying, it doesn't matter where you are in the standings. Every game is so dangerous this year. Yeah. I mean, you've seen, I mean, you know, Kansas State beat OU their night, and uh, Iowa State was up on uh, Baylor, you know, late in that game. That was a struggle. I mean, it's just yeah. it's 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 hard to win in the Big Twelve. But Tech certainly, uh, with three losses in a row, is it. Uh, Gosh, I, I don't know. What what do you what do you make of that? Is it is it uh, Shannon's not a hundred percent? Is it just a just a weird bad stretch because they were off for a little while, but every team suffered some of that, you know? So is that an excuse or are they just not they're just not as good this year as what what we all thought they were gonna be? What do That's you think about
4: any of that? I mean, combination so all, of all of it. it yeah. yeah, that
2: all of it sounded
3: right. Yeah yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. And you know, usually when something like this happens, it is more than just one thing. Mm-hmm. But they're just playing really good teams too there's right. the margin for error, error is so slim so you know that's with Shannon not being 100% you already I mean I know people were saying it's addition by subtraction you lose Namari Burnett and, and Tom from earlier in the year but you, know, you could have used those guys it's an arms race in Big 12 basketball It's, in my opinion it's the best conference and in college basketball. Burden was basketball.
3: out last game. Burden was out last yeah. game.
4: So all it takes, after you lose those two guys out of your, who were expected to be your top seven, top eight rotation, you just lose one more guy to injury, normal injury, or they're not 100% like Shannon or like P just said with Burden, you get really thin. And you're all of a sudden really behind in this arms race. And it takes several things to happen for in order for you to win. And then you start throwing in the... The ref situation with Oklahoma State. I'm not a blame the ref guy. I hate that guy. I didn't play basketball that way. I don't feel like that as a fan or journalist. What have you. I just I don't believe in it. But come on. 32 to 12 in a free throw yeah. uh, discrepancy and then just some of the individual calls on their own were ridiculous. And it wasn't I think Coach Beard said it perfectly in the postgame. Uh, you know, it was two physical teams playing really hard. Both teams really need to win that game. They played like it. So the foul the amount of fouls uh, doled out should have been at least a lot more equal than thirty two to twelve in free throws. Yeah.
2: Man, that's ridiculous. See, and I think that's the thing. Yeah, I am like you I, I hate blaming losses on because you can look at a hundred other things in the game. Sure. Well, you should have made,
4: made, made
2: this show. Right. You should have you know, but but there is that I think it, it it comes down to when you don't feel like the same stuff's being called both ways. I mean you right. see stuff happen on one end, you're like, well, that was a foul a ago and or now they're letting them play now they're not letting them play now they're calling no. every dumb little thing i mean it just, that's what the the inconsistency of yeah. it is what's maddening sometimes when
3: beard made sure just to state the stats <laughs> he didn't want you know he's yeah. already been publicly reprimanded so uh but yeah i saw that's what every comment was about the refs and it i mean this is big 12 i mean there's there's several things throughout the game so yeah and you know man i just hate they're playing 11 a.m tomorrow that's just early for me
2: <laughs> yeah i know that's yeah. the sun's better i hope they can bring it tomorrow you know? i mean they gotta they gotta turn this thing around so let's so look at a game against texas who you know texas another team though you know they they this happens a lot uh, under shaka smart they get off to a really fast start they look amazing they're highly ranked and then suddenly the wheels kind of start falling off yeah. for them a lot of seasons as well but there's still a, a very talented team coming in here. What what do you uh, see happening tomorrow? I
4: mean, you can make the argument that Texas is the most talented team in the Big 12, even more than Baylor. I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with that, honestly. Um, and sometimes they play like that. But sometimes they play like, I don't know, like they lost their minds. And I think yeah. you see that just looking at the last two games, they were uh, beating, as we all know, a very good West Virginia team by 19 and blew it and yeah. lost. Yeah. Then they come back and they battle Kansas, who had won like five straight and ended up beating them. I think it was an overtime. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was it was a close game. Uh, so, I, you know, I, when I watch the other Big 12 games, it looks a lot like the Tech games. They just, these teams are so evenly matched. Yeah. They're so good. Every team has a Mac McClung on it. You know, it has some right. stud, some guy who's like, unstoppable. Well, it's like, yeah, it's you know? like they're
2: not with, you know, when Kansas State, I guess when they beat Oklahoma, upset them that McGurl was. You know, said out. I
4: said I like McGurl. Guy, yeah, man. that guy I, you know, couldn't miss. I'm glad yeah. he's a senior in yeah. Tech. Protect- for, just for tech, right, right. Because I I really like his floor game. He had a stretch where he wasn't shooting very well, but I think he's a really good basketball player.
2: That's right. Every team, even I mean, like I said, you look at Iowa State, you know, and, and there's no team that you can just scoff at and go, well, there's a yeah. W. I mean, they almost beat Baylor there yeah. night, and it is. It's just a grind, and then it goes back to what you're saying about you lose one guy to injury, and suddenly, I mean, that's yeah. everybody is so loaded and, and so close and so evenly matched that it doesn't take much to. Hit the scales, you know. And was Tech was other? up 11 on Oklahoma State, and they went on that
3: 15-0 oh, run. And which that, you brutal. Know what?
4: That's the big problem. Where Tech yeah. has, what it's generally been early in games, right, Pete? Yeah. Yep. Uh, where they just, they don't really compete very well. I don't know any other way to say it. They look like they're sleepwalking, and a team just goes on this massive run. It happens every game. Now, they started off fast against Oklahoma State. I think they even had a one-point victory. and That was the first game in the Big 12 that they led at the break. That they ended up losing so far. All right. It was just by one point, but still, normally they're in a hole that they have to fight out mm-hmm. of. They, that wasn't the case against Oklahoma State. Like Pete said, they even opened the second half by building a double digit yeah. lead. And you feel like, all right, here's the opportunity. You could really take control of this game. Yeah. And instead, what did they do? And uh, Santa Silva even said they cracked, which wow. I don't know if you saw in that post game, but Beard, you know, he braced at that. But it was the truth. So I respect it. They did. They cracked. Part of that was that Nadalny. T- where he got punched in the face, basically, yeah, and then the he reacted. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that's part of it. That's part of the game, like Pete said. And, you know, they cracked. And Oklahoma State went on this 15-0 run, and, you know, though Tech battled and obviously went to overtime, but it seemed like they never really recovered. They never really had control of the game after that run. And it happens every, every game, right, mm-hmm. where they have that, that like, two to three-minute stretch where they can't score and right. they can't stop anybody. So, that's a a bad combination.
3: And that's both losses now at home. I mean, against Oklahoma State this year were overtime losses.
4: Yeah, and it's weird, too, because, all right, so Tech got swept by Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, but they swept Oklahoma. They have opportunities to sweep Texas. So we can look at it, and Oklahoma has been, before that loss to Kansas State, where they were seventh in the country, just said Texas might be the most talented team in the Big 12. So how do you, how does that make sense? How do you compute all that? You know, right. how could you look at a regular season where you sweep both a very good Oklahoma and very good Texas teams and think of it maybe as a failure? Yeah. To some degree. Right. You know, yeah. At least it's, a letdown. It's weird. Right. It's yeah. just, that's how this season's been, man. You know?
2: How do you guys think that, uh, you know, it's like as far as the strongest basketball conference? I mean, you, everybody can make an argument that the Big 12 is the strongest basketball conference, but then you'll see some people say it's the Big 10. Big 10's good. And, really and it really good. is. But I look, the Big 12, everybody beats up on each other so yeah. much, and the records sometimes, I don't know, that truly reflect the talent of the conference to people outside of the conference. What how, how do you think the Big 12 does in the NCAA tournament? I mean, we don't even know who's who's going to be in it yet, but I'm just saying, do you think it, they're really going to show that they it is the best basketball conference?
4: My honest answer is I have to see the matchups. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a I'm not trying to cop out, but matchups are so important in, in the sport. I just mentioned how Tech got swept by West Virginia but then swept Oklahoma. Yeah. And I don't know what Oklahoma and West Virginia's records are, but I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma has kicked West Virginia's butt. It just it comes down to matchups, you know. Yeah. So I'd have to see because, like, uh, a team like Iowa, obviously, has one of the best big men in the country, might give Tech real big problems. But not... didn't
2: they get killed? Was it last night? Or uh, did somebody? they? I don't beat know. Beat them. I think. I think they. I don't game. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: But uh, then Texas might be able to battle with them. But then Tech might might end up sweeping Texas. So you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I yeah. just yeah. I, I want to see the matchups. I think the Big Twelve has a great opportunity to like. I think all seven teams, the top seven teams, could go at least to the Sweet 16. That's yeah. how good they are. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of you remember the Big East in the 90s? How much oh, fun yeah. it was yeah. to watch? This is the closest. It's not it, but this is the closest in terms of physicality every night, especially when, you know, fans were able to go. Right. Which by the way, do you see that about A&M in Texas? Football going to allow 100% attendance? No, Looks I like. didn't see yeah, that. that's okay. their, that's their plan. So, obviously everything trickles down from football. So, we could have full stadiums and arenas next year.
2: You, know, you mentioned that. I saw something earlier this morning that there was a survey done, and it was saying, during the pandemic, what, what is the sound you have missed the most? Mm-hmm. And number one was uh, the sound of live music, so like concerts oh, yeah, and things. Yeah. Second was uh, surround sound in an actual theater. And yeah. third was the sound of fans cheering at a game.
4: Or the, the crowd. Yeah, you Absolutely. know, I, saw
2: the, I I hadn't thought about that in terms of, what sounds do you miss? It's easy to go, oh, I miss going out and, you know, not having to wear a dumb mask everywhere I go. I mean I mean just <laughs> but, but I mean it's that kind of stuff, but I never stopped to think of the sounds that I miss. And not just of the got game. me, but it, yeah, the sounds again the you you
4: know, know, just We've heard growl, some man. Raider Power chances. You gotta get tip the cap to the fans to try. Right. But it's not the same as when like have you had like the hair stand up on the back of your neck, well, Raider I'm bald, Power chant. So I don't have yeah. that <laughs> a lot, but
2: I, but I know what you. But I know what you're you saying. Know what I mean, like,
4: like <laughs> that Raider, like the right Raider Power chant at the right time, the right, right, time, all yeah. that. You know, it, it's chill inducing. You know, yeah. I mean, it really is. And we just we haven't had that for uh, about a year.
2: Well, yeah. maybe by the end of this year, we're we're going to be uh, experiencing that stuff again. Let's hope. Lady
4: Raider Basketball.
2: All right, Pete, get us all updated.
3: Well, the Lady Raiders, a uh, tough loss the other night on Wednesday. Uh, they fell at Kansas State, 86-79. But, you know, a couple plays here, there. I mean, they were in it. Uh, you know, Najee Murray, a season-high 26 points. Career high, eight threes in the game, had five rebounds, four assists, a pair of steals. Uh, Just a great game from Murray, so you see her emerging. Uh, Vivian Gray, 12th game of 20 or more points. She had 24 points, six rebounds, four assists. Lexi Gordon added 12 points and four rebounds, so Tech had 11 threes in the game. Uh, That ties a season high for them, and now they uh, wrap up the regular season. Uh, they go are ten and thirteen overall on the year. Uh, they've got to go now to Oklahoma, and that's a game they could have won at home. Uh, lost, uh, you know, but here it's a ch- another chance to get a win. They lost by a point, seventy-five, seventy-four in Lubbock, and that game is going to be March first, Monday, six p.m. And then from there, you got ten days. Till the women's basketball championship starts in Kansas City. So, uh, you know, again, the Lady Raiders so close in some games. And, you know, you see uh, some some really good players emerging. And, uh, again, I think the future's bright for this team. But, uh, you know, 10-13 and overall, 9-6 and at home. Uh, The Lady Raiders uh, wrapping it up uh, against at Oklahoma on Monday. And now we're going to switch scenes.
1: Texas Tech Track and Field
3: yeah good time for texas tech track and field uh this weekend second time in three years the sports performance center hosting the big 12 indoor championship and you know that just says a lot about our facilities here of course we you know we rave about a lot of them but the sports performance center boom two of the three years now you're hosting the big 12 championship Uh, that says a lot about uh the facility we have and then the fact that our athletes, men and women, get to train there, you know, year round, and now, boom, here they get to take on the best of the best at home this weekend. That's going to be big, Jeff. And uh, we, you know, we got to talk to Wes Kitley and uh, you know, we asked him, you know, what are what are the events that are going to be key to doing well at the Big Twelve Indoor Track Championships?
0: I, I think uh, on paper, you know, what's showing before the meet. You know, we we don't have any of our multi-event guys that competed and have a mark, and we will have, you know, those guys going. Uh, So, in other words, that needs to be a good event for us, uh, I think, uh, on the men's side. And then uh, I think we also need to, uh, we're going to have to have a lot of quality out of the, uh, you know, the 600, the 800, the the mile, the 1,000, the MR, things like that. Uh, we just got to have a good meet, but I think the Bearables are the ones that, the ones that are, are who's going to step up in those events: long jump, triple jump, high jump, those things too on the field events. Uh, we've got a lot of guys that are sitting there at sixth and seventh and fifth, and I think the key to us winning the meet is going to be how those guys do.
3: Well, and the last time, uh, you know, Tech hosted, of course, the the most dominant win, some of the best performances ever. Uh, The men had 179 points en route to the title, and uh, hopefully they can do more here. Now, obviously, there's always concerns, too. Uh, you got the home meet. You'd think, man, there's no concerns. There are concerns. Here's Kitley
0: talking about the concerns for this Big 12 indoor meet. Uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State, they're going to the national cross-country meet, which is not until the Monday after nationals for indoors. And they had a meet yesterday for cross country with all their top distance runners. So my biggest concern is they're not gonna show up and run uh, any of those guys at the meet. And then that plays into Texas with the depth they have in the in the three, the five, and even the mile and, and the thousand and things like that because we might could win things, but if we don't have some help, which is what happened to us last year at Iowa State with Oklahoma State not running. Well, um, uh, those are my biggest concerns, and I have no idea what they're going to do, but I know they're not going to do much.
3: Well, and, of course, uh, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, those are going to be the ones contending uh, with the Red Raiders for the team title. Coach Kitley talked about the youth that needs to really step up for the Red Raiders to have a chance to win this weekend.
0: Yeah, you know, on the women's side, I think Lexi Price and – and, and she's really done well. It's not like she hasn't done well, but I really have been so excited about her and Sylvia Schultz. They'll both be running uh, in the same event, and they've done very well, uh, but they're a big key on our women's side. And then Gabby McDonald, you know, needs to step up in the hurdles and, uh, and, and some of those people. I think our mainstays, like Seasons and those people, Kaylee Johnson, they're going to, they're expected to do well, but I, I don't think we've got really many young freshmen on the women's side. Now, on the men's side, you know, I think our key uh, in the jumps, like with Jalen Seals, I mean, he's sitting there about third or fourth in the long jump, and he needs to do better. He's sitting second or third in the triple jump. Uh, He needs to hold hold service, you know, and do well there. Uh, But I think Jacoby, the sprinters, when we take out Courtney, our sprint guys need to step up, you know. Ashton O'Connor and Jacoby, they've got to get in the finals in the 60 and the 200. And so um, they're, they're going to be a big key of whether we score anything in those areas. I feel pretty good about, as Don mentioned, our, our middle distance guys. I think they're going to get in there and do well. But some of those people have not stepped up this year yet. And uh, Jaquan Hogan uh, in the triple jump, and the high jump, you know, he needs to have a big meet for us to have a chance.
3: Well, the Big 12 Indoor Championships in Lubbock at the Sports Performance Center, second time in three years. The sad thing, uh, not open to fans, no outside media. We're not going to get to be there. So your best friend, as it's been for many of the Lady Raider games, some of the Red Raider basketball games some texas tech baseball games coming up including today's uh is espn plus the action friday and saturday starts 6 30 friday 150 saturday on espn plus big 12 indoor championships here in in lubbock texas
2: all right still to come today it is the unveiling of this week's rockin 25 college basketball poll with our rockatologist eric haslam and michael hunter we'll see if texas tech uh, has landed anywhere in the top 25 this week plus uh, when we return, here is Red Raider baseball. Red Raider baseball. Keep your hand on your gun. All right, so Texas Tech baseball—the season is underway, and boy, went in last weekend, ranked number three in many of the preseason polls. Had that huge uh, State Farm showdown with all all the teams ranked in the top ten, and uh, boy, some great baseball to start the season. Unfortunately for the Red Raiders uh you know they they did struggle they they went 0 and 3 for the weekend which you hate to see and uh look like I don't know man a bullpen couldn't hold any couldn't oh, hold any yeah. leads or anything and so you know it's early in the season usually the pitching is the is the thing that even in the majors you know the early in the season it's the pitching that sometimes lags behind a little bit and especially when the weather starts suspect. warming up yeah, yeah, a, lot lot a few times. errors yeah. so it's uh i think the most disappointing thing was that I mean, look, obviously, it's three games. It's the very beginning of the season. There's not, you know, you can't say, oh, my God, the season's over. But I think it's disappointing when, you know, if you're going to be one of those top teams in the nation, you got to come into a situation like that. Man, you think it's at least win one game. But they get swept. I just thought, seriously?
4: Most people agree with you. I do. It's disappointing, man. It is disappointing. Is it the end-all be-all? No. Do I expect them to get better? Yes. But it was disappointing. You can't be... Rank that high, have those expectations, and perform like that, and not come away with that feeling.
2: Right, right. You know, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, winning two out of three or something, I thought was realistic. Right. I mean, Even just one but, but you know, yeah. the
4: SEC really took big uh, the Big Twelve to the shed. Oh, I think I mean, yeah, TCU got one win, but I don't know if did Texas get swept too or did they win on the final yeah, day? I think yeah, I think Texas, the Texas was the only too. one that yeah. got a
2: win. Yeah, that did not look good for the no, Big Twelve at it all. Didn't. Yeah,
4: uh, and then you know what? I bet it's going to be weighed heavily like that throughout, like. That's in terms of rankings, all that. And then when it comes to seeding later on in the year, I bet that that plays a role. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. SEC put, you know, three of their best against, you know, three of the we best know. in the Big 12. And and you think of how good
2: those three SEC teams were, but have you seen Vanderbilt, yeah. those two pitchers they've got? Oh, I mean, my SEC gosh, that's funny. Man. Everybody
4: talks about their football, but their baseball is dominant. I yeah. Mean, Florida, too. Like, yeah. it's a great program. I mean, yeah, it's really good. They have a great they have just a, a, a great baseball in that conference.
2: Well, I do like that Tech goes out and you know Tadlock goes and they they go play good teams. Yes. They you know you, it just it's that's exciting. I I love seeing that, but uh, but yeah, I think at least getting one victory would have would have made you feel you know a little, little better. But I yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's any reason for panic.
3: Yeah, and they battled back. They were behind. Yeah. They came back against Arkansas. They had the
2: lead on Mississippi State. They just couldn't
3: hold it. So and it's just so early.
2: By the way, how many home runs did Tech hit for the weekend? Oh, yeah. Three. Well, I'm just curious because that was, that was my, Yeah, that was my question last week and I think I said four. I thought Brown they'd have four, hit one, but see yeah, hit one. Yeah. It seemed like they hit three. I couldn't four. remember. Was it three? Okay, I was close. I knew I was getting closer. But anyway, sorry, I, I lost sleep over that this week and <laughs> I was just curious. Um all right. Uh so uh next game is actually today. It's Two the home opener. And yeah. now
3: they're ranked tenth the red raiders okay. dropped to 10 so you got houston baptist coming in they're one and two uh they actually won the first game against rice and then lost the last two to the owls so uh i would hope uh, we're going to see some aggression taken out today and uh you know g- get that first win
4: you mentioned the rankings you know tech lost three they're oh and three and they're ranked 10th in the country yeah, the basketball right. team i mean come on they have a losing record in the big 12 and they're still ranked what Eighteen, uh, 18. Think, yeah. You know what I mean. So, it's funny. Is it one of the things is Texas Tech, and we all do it. We, tech gets no respect. You know, they win a couple right. of games. You know, no, it's just like the football program. Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of respect, but there's a reason for that. Well, but see, the
2: other programs do. And 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 I think you're exactly right because and you're right. For years and years, that's always been the thing: is Tech fans crying about respect. Right. But you got to win to earn yeah. respect, and so. And, and that's I think makes it disappointing. Like what we're talking about here is when you finally you get to a point where you are getting that respect in baseball. People go, wow, that's a great program. And then you lose three, you get swept. It's like, oh, serious. And then basketball, yeah, Coach Beard, what he's brought, he is getting national respect yeah. for the program. And it's probably why Tech is still still ranked in spite of the and with losing basketball. Record, all crazy. the sports writers
4: are wary of you know they went to the lead eight, and then the following year they were ranked finished or. Predicted to finish seventh in conference and then went to the national championship game. Right. And Beard was like, had his hit list, his chick, like Pete does. He has a little notebook. This guy said we were going to finish seventh. This guy said <laughs> we were going to finish night. You know, right. Uh, he was letting them know on the way to the final four. So I think everyone's didn't want to be on Coach Beard's. Yeah. Hit list, so to speak
3: you know, on a side note i I got a, a message on Saturday, or I guess they played Monday, so it was Monday that uh, drew Baker out in the outfield was really razzled by the arizona- or, uh, the uh, arkansas fans, and they were so classless and oh. uh, a, a arkansas fans saw it and said he was so. He kept his composure. He even gave balls to to, to some of the kids up there, and uh, they said he he wanted to put a post out about how great uh, that you know this kid kept his composure and was a class act when those guys were just so mean. So I actually sent it to Hocutt. He had he didn't know about it and was yeah. uh, was pleased to hear about that.
4: Arkansas fans are the worst. When they came here, what was it, 2014? The least classy fan base I've ever seen at the Jones, and that's And, saying, when and that's including Aggies. I mean, I'm Ooh, serious. So, yeah.
3: and remember when they when Cliff and them beat them? How Cliff was just. I mean, and and the post game th- press conference. I was
4: there. Yeah. And you have to the their stadium. There's different where the press box is almost in the stands, so you can hear some of the things they're saying. And Arkansas had just lost to I don't know some some non power five school before Tech beat them, and we like I remember like Don Williams from the AJ and a couple other media and myself. We had a Go through the crowd, and like we had our our press passes. You wouldn't believe some of the things they were saying to us. Even the athletic director got on to me. Uh, it was, and I was like, I'm with the media. Like, give me, you know, it was like, oh, okay, you know. But I mean, they were screaming up cities. Like, it, it's a whole nother level with that fan base compared to any other fan base I've seen Arkansas. in college. Yes, Arkansas. See, right.
2: and, and this is, this is to me, it's like people in Oklahoma make fun of people in Arkansas. Yeah. So for Arkansas, to, it's the worst. To, to ever, I mean, that, that yeah, come about a hillbilly? Man. It really is, and <laughs> I've been to
4: SEC like big time SEC games. I'm telling you, that's the worst fan base I personally have ever seen. You know, it's funny though. More than did once. you
2: did you see some of the things after this past weekend? There was because I saw a bunch of stuff on social media where even some of the like. Uh, SEC people that were you know the fans and stuff were talking about Texas Tech as most classless fans anywhere, and then you'd see Tech people go, "Man, those Arkansas fans are classless. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny how you know yeah. everybody. You, if you're losing, especially you hate the other. But do you remember that time that uh, you know, our friend Randy Gaddis used to pitch for Tech? He he was on a show one time. He wouldn't did he say like, like Baylor in the Big Twelve? Oh, the yeah, fans were, were terrible in baseball. That's kinda, so yeah,
4: <laughs> I'm kind of surprised by that. I mean, I guess. I mean you can argue that but yeah. you know you can't dance but you can uh you can razz the opposing team I guess right yeah as long as you're not dancing you as can as do you're whatever not dancing, you want. You can do
2: whatever you want. That's, yeah that's that's where we draw the line right there but uh but no I just always always remember that but uh yeah well so hopefully today what what's the I fan think it's situation two,
3: two and one for the the game times Friday Saturday Sunday okay. Limited
2: crowd. I don't. Know yeah, this exactly was wonder what what is what's the what are the rules of engagement? What have we? What are the powers you know, that be allowing us to do? now? In, in
4: Tech's defense, they have tried to allow as much as they can, and
2: yeah. they oh, want to, huh? Uh, no, so I, I I agree with you. Oh, okay. I'm just over all of it. Oh, yeah. It's Outdoors, I, I think a lot of people that, are, know. and I
4: think they want to. And I think uh, the end of the year, like say if Tech ho- hosts like a regional or something, mm. uh, there'll be more fans allowed mm. by then. Or maybe even the Big 12 schedule later in the Big 12 schedule than what we're seeing right now. I think that's the yeah.
2: hope, man. I sure hope so. Especially, but you know, just being outdoors and everything, It'd be nice. Being right, because you know, there's usually plenty of room unless you're playing. Maybe like when Texas comes to town or something. But you right. know, most games, even if there's a good crowd, there's enough room out there usually where people can kind of spread out and not be right you on top let of each other. And, choose and,
4: right. right if they yeah, want, if you're comfortable if, with if it. If you're yeah. uncomfortable, don't go. Right.
2: That's, that's what a lot, a lot go of go. this comes down to that it's uh we i think we've gotten so used to uh waiting around for some some supposed authority to tell us what we can do or not can't you know it's just it, it's just weird people are just getting used to it oh well they told we me got i Jeff can't go
4: going boy <laughs> yeah, go. I, I feel strongly about He's wound this up. and uh yeah
2: and i you know get tired of it yeah if you don't want to go then stay the heck home and leave the rest of us alone all right so uh but think happy thoughts now. I'm just glad they're playing baseball. How about that?
3: Hey, they went 11 and 0 last year at home uh, in yeah. that COVID season. So they get It started today. All right.
2: Yeah. All right. So uh, and, and really pretty nice day today for baseball too. In the hey, weekend, and I just really. want to
3: mention real quick because uh, they rarely play, but Texas Tech softball last week went to College Station and beat Texas A and M. And that's They, right. they play yeah. seven innings. So in the top of the seventh, Tech was down one nothing. Had two runners on the batter. Uh, Heaven Burton, I think, was her name. Two strikes, two outs, hit a little nubber. It went off the Aggie glove. Two runs scored, and Aggie Tech gloves. won the game. Awesome.
2: Yeah, he awesome. beat the Aggies, yeah. That, I'm glad you brought that up. I just wanted to mention that. That yeah, was so, one of the best things from this past weekend. Yeah, so, yeah, that was incredible.
0: The Rockin' 25 is our own top 25 of college basketball, voted on by college basketball's brightest fans and media. It's time to watch the Rockin' 25. Yeah! All right.
2: Rockin' 25 for this week. That is right. As usual, we have our rocketologist, analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com. That's Eric Haslam. Also, the owner, editor, and founder of the ACC Basketball Report and podcast, Michael Hunter. So, uh, guys, what surprises have you seen in the past week, and what should we be prepared for in this, uh, in this upcoming week?
1: Well, for me, I got to think it's the resurrection of the Blue Bloods. All of a sudden, late in the season, this has been a, uh, a season where you people have been picking on the likes of Duke and Kentucky and Michigan State and Kansas and North Carolina. But all of a sudden, here in the last few weeks, all of a sudden the Blue Bloods are having their revenge here as we get into late February. You have Duke that wins four in a row, including a big game against Virginia. You get Kentucky that that wins three in a row, wins a game against Tennessee, was a very good team, beats them by fifteen. Michigan State scores a win at Indiana, then follows it up with a win over Illinois. All of a sudden, you have teams like Duke and Michigan State that are in the conversation for an at-large spot. Kentucky, probably a longer shot, but again, this Kentucky team possibly makes a run. Who knows? They they win the SEC tournament. They may get in the tournament as well. Hard to say at this point, but you know, as far as what surprises are coming, I think it's more of the same. I think we see every year that these Blue Bloods, these teams with a lot of young talent, take a while to mesh, and I think This year, it's taken a little bit longer than normal, maybe because of COVID, maybe not. But I think it's going to be one of those things where you're going to continue to see teams like Duke and Michigan State and Kentucky play better basketball as the season finishes up. Yeah,
5: I like Eric's answer. Um, You know, Cal Perry and Kay have kind of made their bones as far as getting their young teams to come together late in the season. I certainly agree with that. But also, true to form, Eric goes positive. I'm going to go negative here. The biggest surprise for me from the last week was the Big 12's performance overall. You know, Baylor really struggling with Iowa State at home in a game where they their 24 and a half point favorite and could have very, very seriously lost that game. Oklahoma actually losing a game to Kansas State when the Wildcats are wearing arguably the ugliest uniforms in the history of anything that requires a uniform is egregious. Kansas held Texas to 1 of 12 from deep to start the game. They won the turnover battle by 5, and they end up losing because they can't hit a free throw, going 12 for 21 from the line. That's really unlike Kansas, even on the road. To finish up, your Red Raiders dropping their second and third consecutive games was surprising, but it's actually not terrible, considering the competition that they played, though I am a little bit concerned with the way that Kyler Edwards has been playing in recent games, the amount of shots that he's putting up and the percentage that he's shooting leaves a lot to be desired heading into conference tournament time. I still believe the Big 12 is the best conference in the nation, but over the past week they have not been
4: impressive. So let's release the Rockin' 25. The top four is steady with Gonzaga's 15 first place votes for number one. Baylor has two first place for first place votes for number two. Michigan holds number three after being Ohio State, who is at number four and the Crimson Tide of Alabama jumps to number five. Michigan beat Ohio State, but it didn't cause a huge drop for the Buckeyes. How big is the separation of the different layers of the Rockin' 25?
5: You know, in regards to those two teams in particular, when we're talking about Michigan and Ohio State, you can't punish either one for losing to the other, in my opinion. They're both right there on the one line. I would give both of them a the number one at this point. In a season of tremendous inconsistency, those two teams have been models of consistency, along with Baylor, along with Gonzaga. Those are the four most consistent teams during this season, during this crazy pandemic. As far as separation comes, you're going to put those two top-tier teams, one and two. Baylor is are in tiers of their own. I would then put Michigan and Ohio State alone in another tier. i then probably put Illinois and Villanova, though obviously Illinois is a little bit hindered right now without Io DeSumo. I think the Fighting Illini and the Wildcats are certainly in a tier together. And then you get a little bit bigger tier in Alabama, West Virginia, Florida State, Houston, Creighton, Texas, and Iowa. Um, I include Iowa in there a little, little hesitantly, but I believe all of those teams are very good and have high-end potential, but they're also capable of losing in the second round. Um, I, I think that's absolutely true for Texas, Creighton, and Iowa. But, you know, Alabama is outside of those top four teams. Alabama is a national title contender. Outside of those five teams, West Virginia is probably a, a, an Elite Eight Final Four contender. And I, I, I've doubted Florida State, you know, from the preseason all the way up until late January. But they just continue to impress me. I think this is Leonard Hamilton's best coaching job of his entire illustrious career. I no longer doubt the Seminoles. I think they're the best team in the ACC. And I think they can make some serious noise in the tournament.
1: Well, for me, a couple things. First of all, you talked about Michigan and Ohio State. That game last weekend was just outstanding. One of the best games I've seen in two years. Probably the best game I've seen since the 2019 tournament game between Tennessee and Purdue. I thought that was a great game. Maybe even better than that. It was just two teams that just executed so well on both ends of the court. So much fun to watch. If you didn't see it, I I feel bad for you because it was such a great game. But talking about the separation, I have some numbers behind the scenes that I use to calculate what's called my bracketology deserves on my website. Up until now, for many, many weeks, I've always considered Gonzaga and Baylor 1A and 1B. I am now prepared to say Gonzaga is 1. And Baylor is, after that, that uh, performance against Iowa State, I'm going to say Baylor's 2A to Michigan's 2B as far as the second tier. Ohio State is by themselves in, um, in that third tier. And then below that, I think you, I have a group of four of Villanova, Iowa, Alabama, and Illinois. And just to show what Gonzaga, how much separation there is right now, I, I alluded to this. I think Gonzaga is basically secretariat in the 1973 Belmont Stakes right now. If you go to my site and you take a neutral court um, projection for Gonzaga playing number two Baylor, it is now a separation of five and a half points in a neutral court. Gonzaga's advantage over the rest of the field is unbelievable, probably um, unparalleled from what I've seen in the last five, six, seven years. Um, just incredible. I think uh, at this point, Gonzaga is obviously the team to beat at this point. Do we still think
5: that Baylor is the best matchup for Gonzaga?
1: I don't know for sure because, uh, you know, a lot of people, the recency bias comes into play. So after that Michigan game against Ohio State, people were saying they are legitimately really good, they're better than Baylor. And then, of course, Baylor had their down game after a three-week absence from COVID. Came back, looked really rusty. Sometimes teams come back like a house of fire. Other times they come back and they look terrible. Baylor looked bad. Michigan has been rolling. They look really, really, really good. Could Michigan give Gonzaga a battle? I don't know. I suspect they probably could. But as I've said from the start, I think Gonzaga has that hidden gear, those afterburners that they will turn on when they need to. So I don't know. It's just really tough to beat them at this point.
5: I think when you look at matchups, Michigan has better matchups for Gonzaga than Baylor does. You know, you put Hunter Dickinson in the paint against yep. Timmy, that's a good matchup for Michigan. You put Livers on the wing against Kispert, that's a good matchup for Michigan. All short is Mike Smith um, matching up against those Gonzaga point guards. But right now, Michigan, I think, looks look a better matchup for Gonzaga as far as getting by them in a
1: tournament-style situation. But, but in his defense, coming into the season, when you lose Xavier Simpson, you lose John Teske... Yeah. And you're able to reload with Mike Smith and Hunter Dickinson the way the Wolverines had. Man, what a benefit. That was something something nobody saw coming.
5: Chandi Brown is a weapon for Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not getting a whole lot of run right now. But, I mean, he's a guy that can come in at least give you defense and rebounding at the three of the hybrid four. Jawan Howard has this team rolling, man. I, I mean, right now, it's, it's difficult to say that anybody is head and shoulders above them.
1: I love watching them. They are a fun team to watch.
3: 10 of the Rockin' 25 is Illinois, Villanova, Houston, West Virginia, and Florida State. Michael, which team in the ACC should we be surprised about right now? And will Duke find their way backing into an NCAA bid?
5: I think they're actually sprinting directly into the field. This team is completely different now that Jalen Johnson has left the program. What the reasoning is behind that? I don't know. Was Jalen Johnson a bad locker room guy? I haven't heard that. Was he just trying out for the NBA? I haven't heard that either. Um, in a conversation I had with Jerry Ratcliffe on last week's podcast, you know, he thinks that Johnson quit, but he also... I mean, there, there's rumors of, of injuries. There's rumors of all kinds of things going on. What we do know is that Duke is better now than they were two or three weeks ago. DJ Stewart is really finding himself... You know, right before our eyes. He's drilled 13 of his last 22 triples over their four-game winning streak. Jeremy Roach, who has had some tremendous games over the course of the season kind of sporadically, is also playing fantastic. All I can say right now is do not sleep on Duke in a down ACC because, make no mistake, this ACC is not years past ACC. There is no dominant team in the ACC. Yes, Florida State is the best team in the league, but Florida State also doesn't have that big-time star power that they've had in the past. As for the rest of the league, also, do not sleep on Clemson. We know about Florida State. Virginia, I think, is is showing that they they have some cracks in that foundation. I think right now Jay Huff is probably the leader for ACC Player of the Year, but that's not sewn up. But no one really talks about the Clemson Tigers. They, they came back from a COVID pause earlier in the season, And played horribly And for some reason That sticks in everybody's mind What people don't remember Is how Clemson Actually started the season Before that pause When they were one of the Most surprising teams In the entire nation Amir Sims is one of the Best players in the Power 6 That gets absolutely No respect From anybody on the National level As far as casual fans go They're back to playing fantastic defense, currently ranked eighth in the nation in adjusted defensive efficiency. Nick Honor, a transfer from Fordham, has actually found his way into becoming a solid and consistent second option for the Tigers. Brad Brownell has this team playing very well. This is a team that's going to, I think, do well in the ACC tournament and maybe open some
1: eyes in the
5: actual NCAA tournament.
1: And following up on what Michael said about Duke, you know, this is a team that people had kind of written off a few weeks ago. They got as low as, I think, somewhere around 70th of offensive efficiency. At my site, right around January 27th, they are now 10th in the country in offensive efficiency. Shows you where they've gone. Their four best performances of the year. Three of them have come in the last two weeks, and then their best performance of the year was the Clemson victory on January 30th when they won that game by 26. So they are playing their best basketball of the year by far right now.
2: All right, we're making our way through the latest Rockin' 25 college basketball poll on the Rockin' pregame with our Rockin' 25 voters, Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter here on the Beard. So 11 through 15, Iowa's 11, Texas is 12, the Blue Jays from Creighton are 13, Virginia is 14, and Oklahoma is at 15 this week. Now, the Big East Conference tournament is going to be interesting with Villanova and Creighton.
1: Any other surprises that we should uh, should be looking to? Well, you know, at this point, I have three currently in my field. And that's kind of saying something, considering it's a conference like the Big East. You have Nova and Creighton, obviously, and UConn is a few steps down. And then after that, you've had some teams that have kind of showed up for a little bit, and then they kind of disappeared. Seton Hall was in my field of 68, but all of a sudden you have a bad, bad loss against a what really is a bad Butler team this year. They do have six wins away from home this year. So that's one of the things where I could say maybe Seton Hall shows up, wins that Big East tournament, pulls a few upsets. St. John's has been a team that I've liked in the past, but all of a sudden they're fading. You can't lose to DePaul if you want to get in the tournament, and that's exactly what they did. Marquette, they have the ability. You've seen it. They've got nice wins over the likes of Wisconsin, North Carolina, Creighton, but they just can't put it together consistently. I still think this is going to come down to to Nova and Creighton, and I still like Creighton. I think Creighton is a very underrated team. I think people thought they underperformed early on, all of a sudden now Creighton is coming on. I think that's a very dangerous team, very similar to that Creighton team you saw late last season. And I think that would be the team to beat in my mind. I don't know. I'd bet on Creighton over Villanova personally. I would go
5: against you on that one, Eric. I I just love Villanova. I love, you know, Jay Wright is obviously a a kingmaker. Colin Gillespie, a four-year point guard in the backcourt that just seems to, to lead that team you know, wherever they need to go. They hit some rough times in the middle of the season. I would love to say no, but that's somewhat boring and it won't get me on freezing cold takes, which is where I want to be. So I'm going to say Providence, the Friars have tremendous star power in, in David Duke just a terrible name, but who is, you know, another great player that doesn't really get the kind of publicity that it deserves. And Nate Watson is a really good big man that averages roughly 17 and seven, you know, gives Ed Cooley, one of the best inside out combos, not only in the league, but maybe on the entire East coast. I'm not a fan of Yukon. They make poor decisions. Xavier started out the season as a defensive juggernaut. They no longer play consistent defense. And as Eric alluded to Seton Hall, might be playing their worst basketball of the season right now. Right now, give me Providence as a Big East star course. Still love that Creighton offense. I'm still
1: going with Zigarowski over your Villanova Wildcats in that one.
5: I, I understand the love for Creighton. I, you know, Zygurowski is fantastic. Jefferson, Baylock, and Mahoney are fantastic on the perimeter. But where I start to, to waver a little bit as far as Creighton goes matching up with Villanova, Jeremiah Robinson Earl... Jermaine Samuels in the front court against Christian Bishop who's only about 6'7 is a tough matchup for Creighton which means they're really going to have to shoot threes very well which they did in that first matchup shooting 12 for 26 from, the, from behind the arc I just I think Robinson Earl is, is one of the best big men in the nation I think he, he would get the best of Bishop in, in a big stage type situation in the Big East tournament so give me Villanova in that situation
1: yeah, Creighton right now, number three in field goal percentage, number 16 in three-point percentage, number two actually in near proximity percentage, although, like as Michael alluded, they don't get that many opportunities from the inside. But, yeah, that's, this is definitely a team that relies on their shooting. They don't have that size that Michael talked about. Um, that does create a problem against bigger teams. It would be interesting to see how a Creighton would match up with the likes of a, a Florida State or a USC that does have that kind of length. But against Villanova, obviously it has worked for them before. I think it will work for them again. Villanova has been known to play four out, one in, or even in the past five outs, as Wright likes to do. So I think that's the kind of matchup that Creighton can thrive in.
5: You know, if Ryan Kalkbrenner can find his early season form, that would give Creighton a, a better opportunity against Villanova. But he's been... Let's just keep it mild and say inconsistent over the course of the season. And, you know, a team like Villanova with those experienced bigs
1: could really exploit him if he plays major minutes. And who doesn't like a name like Kalkbrenner? Kalkbrenner is, it's its the best name since. Uh, uh, other than Jonathan Tamwachachwa, Kalkbrenner is the name of the year. It's the best name this side of John Axel Goodmanson. 16
4: through 20 in the Rockin' 25. 16 is USC, Arkansas 17, Texas Tech drops to 18. Loyola, Loyola I can't say it, Chicago, uh, 19. And Kansas is 20. The Pac-12 Conference Tournament is not just USC's to win. Who are the teams that could surprise?
5: You know, just like the ACC, the Pac-12 might be just bad enough, top to bottom, to actually be entertaining. USC hasn't really played anybody. They just lost to Arizona last weekend. They do have the best player in the league in Mobley. But, you know, as far as the body of work goes, I'm not sure USC has been impressive enough for me to say that they are the outright favorite. Oregon, who's a traditional power in the Pac-12, you know, they've lost to Oregon State this year. They've lost to Washington State this year. Granted, both of those losses were fresh off a COVID pause that was about two weeks long. So maybe those losses are excusable. Maybe they're not. One thing I do find a little bit concerning is that Will Richardson has yet to find his way after missing much of the beginning of the season due to injury, you know, if Oregon's going to do anything in the conference tournament, anything in the NCAA tournament, Williamson is absolutely going to be pivotal for their efforts. One thing that I would like to see that we haven't seen all season is Arizona State to put it together. They have one of the best scorers in the conference in Remy Martin. He's got a great backcourt mate in Alonzo Verge. One thing I worry about when it comes to Arizona State is the injury to Josh Christopher. With Christopher, you know, Arizona State has one of the best backcourt and perimeter trios in the entire Pac-12. They haven't put it together all season. If they were able to put it together in a tournament-style setting over the course of a weekend, they could be very dangerous. I I don't necessarily like them in in the Pac-12 tournament, but there's no denying that those three guys are absolutely talented. UCLA is obviously a threat. I've never been a big Tiger Campbell fan. I think he's more of a Tigger than a Tiger, but They've got some players. They've been one of the more consistent players in that conference all season long. And then you got Colorado, who's got maybe the second-best player in McKinley-Wright. I'm not a big Tad Boyle fan. I'm not a real big fan of anybody else on that roster outside of McKinley-Wright, but he's certainly a threat. The Pac-12 is wide open, in my opinion. The top four teams are all kind of the same, and then the bottom eight teams, or actually seven teams because Arizona can't play, are all kind of relatively the same. So, The Pac-12 is just bad enough to be entertaining, and I'm actually looking forward to watching
1: it. I think USC, it's not all USC, although it's been uh, a godsend to have Evan Mobley come in, and then you bring Taj Eady, who has blown up like nobody saw coming, uh, the transfer from Santa Clara. You know, I I talked about this last week. Oregon, the, the late season Dana Altman runs, he's known for, makes them very dangerous. They did not look great at USC uh, this week, but they did have five wins in a row before that. Will Richardson is back now after being off for two months with that thumb injury. There is no Arizona, as Michael talked about. Actually, if you look at a team that's right there from a performance ranking standpoint next to USC, it is Colorado, and they were right around number 15, number 16 or so, but this is not a real fun team to watch. It's a tough, gritty D under Ted Boyle. Very much reminds me of watching Stanford. I never really want to turn on Stanford or turn on Colorado because it's probably not going to be that great of a game. They, they're they never fun to watch, but they oftentimes will get the job done. Other teams, maybe like a UCLA, they're quietly coming on with some of their, their recent wins, but this is a team that lost Chris Smith in early January. They lost Jalen Hill just recently for personal reasons, so I don't know how much of a factor they're going to be, but they've got some talent. It is pretty wide open. I think USC still has got to be the favorite, but there are some other contenders there.
5: Yeah, Johnny Juzang, a transfer from Kentucky to UCLA, has has kind of turned it on lately, so he's a player to watch for sure Now that now that Smith has been out with an ACL. Absolutely.
3: Well, the final five has Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and San Diego State. Every year, the Rockin' 25 voters participate in the Jerome. What is the Jerome, and why is it so fun?
1: Ah, yes, the Jerome. The Jerome run by the Jerome interns. Well, the Jerome is a little competition where people are supposed to pick the winners of the tournaments of Conference Championship Week. So you have the two weeks of Conference Tournaments and the idea is to pick as many winners in those tournaments as you possibly can and it started i believe with just three guys and it kind of by word of mouth just grew to a lot of the mainstream media and then it was kind of one of those things where the mainstream media participates but anybody is able to sign up for the jerome and participate in it there's absolutely no reward for winning it it's just one of those things where there's a little bit of trash talking gives you a little bit more of an extra kind of incentive to do well picking these games that's kind of the limitation of it. It's just kind of a there's there's a legend of the Jerome that's growing on on Twitter. Just something something fun to do for the two weeks of Championship Week.
5: Yeah, this whole contest is, you know, it's an ode to to the greatest to ever call a game as far as color goes. And Bill Raftery, you know, one one the beards. Sean Dillon was actually the victor as far as the Rock and Twenty Five crew goes a few years ago. I myself, humble brag, maybe not so humble brag. You know, won it a couple years ago last year. Obviously, we didn't hit the full results. You know, this is fun because for me, I'm a super competitive guy. And, and when it comes to anything from phase 10 to my with my family or Scrabble with my Gram Gram, I'm going to trash talk and I want to win. So you can imagine what it's like to compete against other independent prognosticators, media members. And it also gives lower level guys like myself an opportunity to. Compete against higher level guys, kind of test your mettle. So when you put, I mean, and, and and the contest gets tremendous results as far as numbers of people that actually compete. Which Eric alluded to when everybody thinks they're the smartest people in the room. This is a fantastic contest for you to put your money where your mouth is, and everybody that's in the the college basketball Twitterverse, quote unquote, which is sometimes a uh, a bit of a pretentious place to exist it's a fun place to to see where you're at and where you rank and you know it's just one of those things that it's bragging rights every year and it's something that i really enjoy and really look forward to and this year i'm gonna win you got no chance brother (laughs) (laughs) all right we're breaking down the Rockin' 25
2: college basketball poll with our Rockin' 25 voters eric haslam and michael hunter Who is a team that hasn't gotten respect from the uh, Rockin' 25 voters that we will soon
1: see in the 25? You know, for me, I'm going to say Rutgers. This is a team that's coming off a a huge win they needed against Indiana. They were robbed of an opportunity last year to go to the tournament with the talent that they had because of COVID. But they bring back 80 percent of, over 80 percent of their scoring, over 80 percent of their minutes. They are basically the same team as they were at the end of last year, and you can even compare the numbers to last year. Last year they were 20 and 11. This year 13 and nine. Last year in my performance rankings, number 24. This year they're number 30. Offensive efficiency 65, this year 74. Last year, defensive efficiency number six, this year number 12. So, you'll see based on those numbers that they're not exactly the team, they're almost the team they were a year ago. But they still have Ron Harper, they still have Jacob Young. That's worth 30 points per game, right there. You bring back Geo Baker, Montez Mathis, Miles Johnson. This team has a lot of tools there to make an impact. They still got two games before the Big Ten Tournament. You go to Nebraska, very winnable game there. And then you got to go to the barn. It's going to be tough against a Minnesota team that really badly needs wins in order to get in the field. So that'll be a test for Rutgers. This is a Rutgers team that in the past has struggled on the road. So going to Minnesota will be tough. If you get those two games going into the Big Ten Tournament, this is a Rutgers team that could find themselves in our top 25 sooner than later.
5: Yeah, and Rutgers is actually traveling to Minnesota where Minnesota is very good at home is always a a risky proposition, though Minnesota is actually playing without Gabe Kalsher. You know, I don't know if we're going to see them on our top 25 anytime soon, but if I told you that there's a team out there that in Eric's rankings currently ranks ahead of Xavier, Syracuse, Missouri, Michigan State, Virginia Tech, Boise State, Louisville, Minnesota, Memphis, Belmont, Clemson, a team that is six and seven against quad one quad two teams has defeated four top 65 teams in the month of February I don't know if anybody would guess that that team is Ole Miss and the Rebels are currently fifth in the SEC they have a bona fide star in Devontae Schuler. I doubt they're in the NCAA tournament picture right now um, looking at Eric's site I don't see them immediately in the picture but I mean, this this, <laughs> this Ole Miss team is is kind of for real. At 13-9, and nine, they don't get a whole lot of respect. But Kermit Davis is an underrated coach. I think right now they're getting a little bit hot. Right now they're a dangerous team heading into the conference tournament. This is a team that could really make some noise when it comes to the conference tournament in the SEC.
4: Where can people find your work?
5: You can find me, as always, at ACCBR1 on Twitter, ACCBasketballReport.com, and ACCBasketballReport on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora. We had a fantastic interview with Virginia beat writer Jerry Ratcliffe this week, talking about Dick Vitale, sharing old stories from three decades' worth of beat work. Love, Jerry. Hope you guys check it
1: out. You can find my ratings, my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at Haslametrics.com. Otherwise, if you're looking for me personally, I will be out on Twitter going hashtag analyticallyfinal at, at Haslametrics.
3: The Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll available at 101thebeard.com. Our thanks to Rockin' 25 voters Eric Haslam and Michael Hunter for their roundtable discussion today. Thanks for taking the time to break down the
2: Rockin' 25 with us, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. So when we come back here. It is, uh, it's the full court press. We've got a few interesting questions, a little thought provoking here. And then uh, on deck, Weezer, you two. And Tom Petty, so uh, that's what's that's what's coming up. Um, you two, the current home run leader, Weezer leading in RBI, <laughs> and uh, so they're they're uh, they're on deck. Who's the so. heavyweight champ? Uh, let's see that. Uh, by the way, speaking of heavyweight champs, Mike Tyson. You, they've got some kind of a, a documentary, an unauthorized biography kind oh, of thing man. coming out. I can't wait. And he's he's a little ticked off about it. So he's like fifty four years old, and we Still talked about this morning.
4: To piss him off. I was to no say, way.
2: for a million dollars, would you take a, a bare knuckle punch for Mike Tyson for a million dollars? Yes. For What's a million it? bucks?
4: Oh yeah. Uh, For a million dollars? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Absolutely. That's just a tough one here. How much
2: yeah. would be your
4: medical bills? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I take a bunch. I already yeah. have some wow. Might as well take the money. Yeah. There you Let's go. Let's work
2: on that. All right. Full court press is coming dollars? up next. Here we go.
1: Full court press. Four questions, no hedging. You're on the record because it is the full court press. Jeff, how many runs will the Red Raiders put up this weekend? Um, I I like twenty nine. Good number. Thank Pete. you, Pete. Where will the men's and women's track teams place in the Big 12 track and field tournament this weekend?
2: Did you get all that? (laughs)
1: Can you repeat
3: repeat the question and use that in a sentence? Will track
4: track and field... In track today,
3: you know, if if Shucks was thing? on the uh, was a uh, word in the spelling, can you use it? In the, I mean, you would. I can't say you. I mean, you would. You right. I, I can say. I just Loyola thought of that. Uh, I'm going to go two for the men, three for
1: the women. All right, Jarrett, spell loyal Never mind. Yeah. Uh, I can wh- spell it. Not sure if I can say it. Who will lead the Red Raiders in touchdown throws, catches, and runs this season?
4: Yes, uh, throws would be Tyler Shuck. Uh, touchdown runs will be Sir Roderick. And the EZ will be the touchdown receptions.
1: Bonus question. Red Raider basketball will win how many more, how many of their four remaining games this season, Jeff?
3: Two. Yeah, I'm going to go two, two.
1: Two. All right. And then, my friends, is your full court press.